You're listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name's AJ Sharp, and for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. While Susie Warren Smith is away, I'm stepping up to host the show, and I'm joined again by the lovely Charlotte Pike who is guest presenting with us for a few weeks. Charlotte is a professionally trained chef, flavour consultant, author of several award-winning cookery books. Hello, welcome. Hello, great to be back. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you on, particularly today's show, because we are talking all things fermented foods, and this is an area of particular interest for you, isn't it? Yes, I love all things food and drink uh, related when it comes to fermented uh, ingredients, and I actually wrote a book called Fermented in 2015, which was a fermented food and drink recipe book. So, uh, Why did you do that? What was the moment that you went... I need to write this. Well, to be honest, I was just discovering fermentation at that point and I was looking for um, some books to consult and I couldn't really find much out there. So I had the idea and uh, yeah, that was 2014, I think. So actually a lot's changed in that time. And what's your favourite area of fermented foods? Oh gosh, well, it's, I mean, it's a huge area, but I'm really interested in fermented drinks, actually. They are so good for you and there are endless possibilities, things to make. And they're a really great place to start if you are new to uh, fermented foods, both in, in drinks, both in terms of cooking, preparing them and also just um, consuming them as well. Well, it's a bit of luck, actually, because our <laughs> experts in the show today, we have got Zakina Nori, who is from a company called Zambar Ferment, and her partner, Nathan Wardle, who is a brewer and also helps with uh, Zamba Ferments and is going to kind of bring some of his brewing knowledge of uh, fermentation and the process to this. So we're really excited to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to just talk about all things fermented. So So go, tell us about your company. Okay, so um, my business is called Zamba Ferments. Um, I make uh, kimchi, kombucha, fermented pickles. Um, I've also experimented with a lot of other different fermented things as well, like tapachi. Um. What, what made you set up the company in the first place? Um, it all actually started in lockdown, as most small businesses did. Um, I've always been interested in uh, preserving food. Originally, I'm from Afghanistan. And I grew up in Iran and a lot of you get we have Persian pickles as one of our products, which is actually um, influenced by um, the Middle Eastern culture and like spices and herbs. Um, It's actually my grandma's recipe as well. That's fantastic. So I guess you've been really influenced by Afghanistani culture and Iranian cultures. Yes. In the Middle East, they use a lot of like fresh herbs, which like, for example, they have their salad is a bowl of herbs. You, we have sabzi as like the side with everything, basil, like green onions. That's like our salad. We don't have really have like cucumber and like tomatoes and things. So forget salad leaves. You have herbs instead, don't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> like lettuce. <laughs> and it's so much better for you than like mm. iceberg red lettuce or whatever. Um, Is it? Do you have a dressing on that? Do you just have it? Not dry, really. No, and washed it's and... literally just fresh herbs. Oh, um, sounds amazing. Yeah, that's that's really it. Like, you just have it as a side with like most of your foods. 
That's um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, I in lockdown, I had a lot more time in hand. So I was just like, oh, what do I do? And then um, I've, I've been making kimchi and like um, making pickles and jams, all sorts of things for like for quite a while. But it never occurred to me that, oh, I should really do this as like as a business. In lockdown, me and Nathan, <laughs> we experimented a lot with kombucha. So at the time, Nathan lived in Canterbury and I lived in Folkestone. So he would come, we would go for loads of walks around Folkestone. We would bring like our flip top bottles of kombucha with all the weird flavors we've created. We're like, oh, we've made like saffron and cardamom kombucha and I've made like a watermelon kombucha. So we experimented a lot with different flavors. And then like the products we have today is just the best flavors that we, you know, were able to come up with. So we're like, okay, these are good enough to sell. Now, for people listening, and for me a little bit, if I'm honest, what exactly is kombucha? I understand it's fermented drink, but what is it? How do you make it? What are the parts that come together? So kombucha is a fermented tea. You use a scoby to ferment it. So the scoby stands for symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. It's basically like this weird jellyfish, um, pellicle-looking thing. It looks quite gross. (laughs) What does it look like? It's sort of long. And thick. I should have actually brought some today, but it's it looks like this alien brain gooey thing. It is the byproduct of the kombucha. Yeah, so basically our kombucha is green tea based. So the well, I do do some one, some flavors that have uh, mixed tea, like um, black tea and green tea, oolong. Um, but these particular ones today, they are uh, green tea based, and I flavor them with loads of fresh fruits. So, for example, we have. Oh, yep, we've got a yuzu one, so yuzu. And then we have lion's mane, medicinal mushroom, which is, um, we actually grow the mushroom ourselves. Lovely. And uh, we dry it, powder it, infuse it into the kombucha. We've got rose and lemongrass as well, so that's like really nice and calming. Yeah, yeah so, gorgeous. I can't <laughs> wait to taste them, but just sorry to sound like a heathen again, but so you're making it like a cup of tea, like I would. I'd boil my kettle. Um, pour it in. You can do that, yeah. But our <laughs> our um, equipment is a lot larger scale than... Um, but it, it works through yes. that process of boiling yeah. water. Same, yeah. So you boil water, you brew a tea, you add sugar, and then you cool it down. You add the scoby, so the, the bacteria and yeast, and then you just let it ferment for a week or so. Pretty much it, yeah. yeah. And if you left it more than a week, what would happen? It will basically it would, um, turn into acid. It will be acetic acid. So okay. it's... Yeah. It will become in, turn into vinegar. Um, so if it's exposed to oxygen, it continues to ferment. It becomes vinegar. It's still you could still use it as like a salad dressing and things. But yeah, that's all that would happen. That's really interesting. The flavor changes by the day, basically. Yeah. And most people will find that they like the flavor of a fermented drink within a certain range, like three to five days or five to seven days or something like that. And you can noticeably see the changes in the flavor each day mm. you may get more bubbles yeah more the color essence more body the color changes yeah. you get yeah. yeast strands developing underneath the scoby is that something anyone actually puts on their packaging you know like a vintage of a wine i only like this year i only like that mm. i only like a three-day kombucha well i'm really quite particular about how i like it i'm sure you've you've developed your sort of sweet yeah. spot in terms of producing your drink. yeah so how i um the length of time that i ferment it I like to keep it, well, not so vinegary, like kind of like on the sweet side. So if you're new to kombucha, you're not going to be like so shocked. Oh, my God, I'm drinking vinegar. It it, it still has the slight acidity, but it's not so overpowering that will put you off. Um, And also the flavors that I have is quite subtle. They're a lot more exciting, I guess. 
So wow. if you were, if you've never had it before, you were like, oh well, I like rose lemonade, so I'll just try this rose and lemongrass one. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I think so. Do you? Add the flavours as a second fermentation. Yes. So you make the kombucha by fermenting the sweetened tea with the culture and then strain it and then add the flavourings to introduce the flavour yes. for a second fermentation period. Yes, exactly. So we, we do a secondary fermentation, which we do the flavouring. We carbonate it as well. Uh, so these are false carbonated, um, just CO2. Yeah, well, you, you can actually um, naturally carbonate the kombucha, yeah. which most people, obviously, if you make it at home, that's what you would do. Um, you just need a small amount of sugar in there. You don't even have to. It depends how carbonated you want it. <laughs> I quite like that. I like the body. And I think mm. the interesting thing about kombucha is it can be a really good place for people to start as well if you want to reduce sugary drink yes, consumption yeah. mm. or alcohol as well because exactly. uh, you get that lovely body if you you know partial to that sort of sweetness and the the, the bubbles with a fizzy drink or even a sparkling mm. wine or a yeah. beer it's a lovely alternative and sometimes it's just the case of changing your drink mm. at the end of the day that you've swapped from tea to something carbonated a mm. little bit a little bit different in on the palate well can we try these kombuchas yeah of course, of course. which the one aroma in this room mm. <laughs> we've got some Amazing. kimchi laid out haven't we and the smell of all these different things is just beautiful. It smells sensational. And actually, I'm really struck. We have, there's so much colour here, both in terms of the uh, ferments you've laid out for us to try and um, your beautiful bottle design. That's one thing we can't quite oh, convey can through them. the sound. They're just, you have the most beautiful, creative, colourful illustrations on your jars mm. and bottles. Did you tell me you used a local artist to help yes. come up with the design? They oh. look wonderful. Yes. So, sorry, her name is uh, Georgia, and uh, she goes by the Mushroom Babies on Instagram. Wonderful. Yeah, I I love her artwork. Um, I was really going for, like, 70s psychedelic vibes. Yes, I think you've achieved that very successfully. It's really gorgeous. What is the flavour of this one? It tastes to me like Turkish delight. Uh, So this one is rose and lemongrass. Ah, okay, that's the rose flavours. That's lovely. I've not actually had rose and lemongrass paired together before. No, it's beautiful, it's isn't it? Lovely, really delicate. Mm. It's a lovely Middle Eastern flavour, mm. isn't it? I try to keep it quite subtle because the one thing I don't know if I should say this or not, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I don't like about shop-bought kombucha is the fact that they use a lot of flavourings. Like they're mm. not natural. Like for example, this is dried. Uh, rose petals and dried lemongrass that I infuse into the kombucha. You don't get that fake rose flavoring that's perfume. So it's it will be a lot su- a lot more subtle. I personally prefer that rather than you know using flavorings in something that's supposed to be you know yeah. beneficial to your health. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's got a lovely True. tingle mm. and that lovely sourness on the finish. And you, you get know, the tea. Roseness. And the tea. Yeah. The tea's really lovely. Really oh yeah, the tea. tannin. Mm. What delicious. else have we got here? Yuzu fruit. Ooh. Oh, yuzu fruit. This has got another beautiful design of lemons cut and halved all over the side with your kind of very wicked bright colours, which I obviously <laughs> love because I love you. bright colours. Looks fantastic. Mm. So yuzu fruit is, um, the way people describe it flavour wise, is kind of like a hybrid of um, lemon, grapefruit and orange. Lovely citrus aroma. Oh, this is another almost slightly sherbety. It's got a lovely flavour. It's not too sweet. That's fantastic. 
Mm. Give me that over lemonade any day. Really There's a lot lovely. more complexity there, mm. isn't there? So yuzu fruit is mm. a fruit in its own right. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. So you can't actually get a lot of juice out of it. It's mostly the skin and the um, oils from the citrus mm. that you would use to flavor because it, it could be the pith could be quite bitter. But yeah, so you, you, it's full of seeds. If you cut yeah. it open, it's just got loads of seeds. It's quite hard to find in the UK. We have, I was going to say, are you yeah, growing yeah. this in Whitstable? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, we wish. <laughs> uh, we actually ordered it online. Yeah, Fresh we, fruit. Uh, no, no. So these actually come, uh, j- it's just uh, the peel of right. the fruit. Mm-hmm. And um, they just come in sachets. I think they work really well. In um... So do you find, Nathan, that this crosses over with your experience? T- tell me a bit about your background as a brewer. So I've been brewing, I've been brewing for a few years now. I started home brewing when I was about 18 and then just kind of ended up working in a brewery. And I've worked in a few now. Um, oh, fab. Any that we'd have heard of? Quite a few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Especially like the packaging side of things, it kind of it kind of did cross over, like um, the way to force carbonate it and stuff. And like the reason we do that as well, and not bottle condition, is because I like to keep it like quite clean, rather mm. than have like maybe a pellicle form in the bottle. Mm. If you were to sell it like that, just, mm. I feel like it it's more presentable, I guess. I yeah. yeah, because when mm. we would uh, naturally carbonate the kombucha when we first started, obviously there is still a layer of oxygen on the top, so you would get the pellicle forming so if somebody was drinking out the bottle you would suddenly get this shock of just jelly in your mouth you're like oh my god what is this but the way we uh bottle um, our kombucha now you don't actually will get that pellicle unless you leave it exposed to oxygen then it will start growing oh i see Um, so yeah that's another reason why and it's more consistent the carbonation and we have more control over it rather than hoping that nature will do its thing and we'll be perfect because it's not always. <laughs> yeah. That's the challenge, isn't it? You're mm. dealing with a live yes, uh, fermented yeah. product. And just because you've got it to the point you want it, you have to work out how best to maintain that to get it to the customer because it exactly. will continue to change and ferment. It's absolutely fascinating challenge you've got there. Do you, have you made, you make kombucha a lot, do you, Charlotte? Yeah, I do. I I tend to make kombucha. I make mine with a black tea often, and I also make water kefir at home. Mm. I love. What were you telling me about water kefir? Water kefir is another lovely fermented drink, and instead of being made with a scoby, which is a sort of large piece of culture (laughs) if you like I don't know how best to describe it um the uh kefir there's water kefir milk kefir they're made with um granules um and the culture is in in little granule form and the um water kefir cultures are believed to have originated from cacti now I don't know I don't know if that's true but that's what um what I've certainly read and it is a simply a sweetened water that is fermented with the added culture. It's this wonderful, almost like aloe vera type flavour. It's oh, really wow. refreshing and clean and light. And you can add additional flavours as a secondary fermentation as well. And what's so nice about it is it feeds on the sugar to ferment and that process continues once you've ingested it so it can actually help to pass through excess sugar so in your if system. i've just eaten a cadbury's cream egg and yep. i'm feeling really <laughs> yep. guilty about it that's what you should have i should have water kefir yes and it'll eliminate it, it rub should, it out it should like an eraser help. it should certainly help wow yeah extraordinary isn't it <laughs> reason 900 <laughs> fantastic can we try this other one which is in mm. another beautiful bottle with a green label and 
orange and purple patterns across it. I can't quite see it. Oh, it's a it's a it's, lion. It's it, it's basically the my vision for this was a planet of mushrooms. A planet <laughs> like, of mushrooms. So around wow. this, it's kind of like spacey, but there's lots of mushrooms uh, growing around, and then you have like the lion with the mane with all this um, foresty creatures around it. It's just like bugs and flowers and <laughs> mushrooms that is amazing and i don't know if it was because you were saying the word mushroom but mm. the aroma on this one is certainly it's got more of that sort of mushroomy note i mean what what, what where are the mushrooms from what kind of mushrooms are you using uh, so this is a lion's mane mushroom we actually uh grow this mushroom ourselves and we dry it powder infuse it into the kombucha yeah, so lion's mane is actually one of the top nootropics. It's it really has, popular at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. I keep seeing it absolutely everywhere. It's a treatment and a... Yeah, so lion's mane is really amazing for um, slight, like for anxiety, depression. And it, they're doing a lot of studies on lion's mane and dementia, uh, where actually it helps with connecting new neurons together and regenerates like cell growth. It's good for your cognitive health. Amazing. That's extraordinary. Yeah. It's promoted a lot as like a support for ADHD and, mm. and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, the link between your gut health and your mental health is... Oh, is, yeah. I mean... I love this topic. It's <laughs> extraordinary, isn't it? But, it, you know, if you do something to improve your gut health, that is likely to improve your overall yeah. health. Mm. It's extraordinary how these things are linked. Yeah. Well, there was... Uh, I was watching something the other day and the scientist was saying in, a, in the human body, if it looks similar it probably does something similar. Mm. And he showed a cut, you know, a sort of diagram of a human body and showed the brain and showed the intestine, said they're a similar colour and they, they, are, they are linked in more ways than you would imagine. And I guess this is exactly what you guys are saying. And there's so much more we, need to, we can yeah. learn about. The, you know, I mean, there's your gut microbiome, there's your ear microbiome, your mouth microbiome. There's just like so much that we actually don't know and how all these live cultures are so beneficial to us. And especially now because of what is happening to our soil, to our food, all the pesticides that they're spraying on our foods. It is actually killing our micro, like gut microbiome, the food that we ingest. So we actually need the probiotics. We do need these fermented foods to help us um, digest our food better. It helps with your mental health, with your overall health. Like your whole body will function better. For example, if you're going to eat like a really greasy pizza one day, <laughs> mm. and then it will make you feel sluggish. Yeah. Like if you would start um, introducing small amounts of fermented foods into your diet, it doesn't have to be something big, but just like a small amount of um, kimchi or sauerkraut um, as a side or in like a sandwich. Um, that will really benefit your like overall health. Yeah, it's yeah. so interesting. There's a lot of research that seems to suggest that the food we eat nowadays is significantly less nutritious than mm. it was generations ago yeah. um, due to soil degradation, types of um, seeds that are sown and, and varieties of food we eat and how they're produced. And it's absolutely fascinating because we, you know, we've lost so much of this. And, yeah. you know, with the industrialization of our food culture, mm. we have lost these ancient methods of food production. Exactly. So it's a really, really important area for us all to um, really explore further. And one change anyone can make to their diet, mm. introducing fermented food or drink, can yeah. make a monumental difference. And quite a simple thing yes. as well, isn't it? 
And especially when you're having something like a cheese sandwich or, you know, you mm. mentioned a cheesy pizza, something that's got a high fat content, something like this with, with its sort of level of fermentation, its slightly vinegary edge, it really cuts through it and Odd makes for it... sure. Yeah. It, it's got to be better for you. What are these beautiful things you've brought in with you? It looks like we're at a very posh drinks party <laughs> and somebody is bringing around some rather beautiful looking canapes. Um, okay, so I have some kimchi. I have my original kimchi. Um, all of my products are vegan, so I don't use any fish sauce or shrimp paste. Um, so traditionally, uh, kimchi has fish, fish sauce fish and sauce, shrimp yeah. paste. Um, but I don't use any of those products just because I don't. I personally don't like it. I don't like the fishy aftertaste. And the first time I ever tried kimchi, it was a fish version. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure about this. That's what put me it's on. It's got a weird aftertaste. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I, I really wanted to like enjoy this. So I started creating my own, um, playing around with the recipes. And I learned that you can get that umami flavor by um, fermenting it for longer. I can't yeah. wait to try um, it. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah, me so too. Should we try the um, original kimchi, the vegan one first? So I actually use um, a lot more ingredients in these kimchi. So I use three different kinds of cabbage. I use kale. Um, I use apples. I use garlic, ginger, onions. So the more variety in the vegetables, the more variety in the microbes. I love it. Mm. It's, it's reasonably hot, but then mm. it often is, isn't it? Um, you've actually served it on a slice of cucumber. And I yeah. love that. <laughs> It really does sort of um, add a sort of succulence and tempers the, the heat of the chilli really nicely. That is delicious. I love the flavouring. Mm, thank it's you. Got that, uh, oh, it's beautiful. And yeah. you can probably hear over the microphone, mm -hmm. there's a crunch to this. And that's, uh, you know, for me, kimchi shouldn't be pappy. It should have that lovely crunchy, mm. that feeling of fresh vegetables and, you know, where the nutrients are all still there. And yeah. That's lovely. I'm a complete chili nut. It's gentle, but it's it, it comes in in a beautiful wave and, and dissipates in a beautiful wave. Gosh, what's this? This looks like red cabbage. So should we go for the um, beetroot kimchi? Oh, beetroot first. Yeah, so that one, the beetroot. I'm going to try a little bit of it without the... Um, it's got extra beetroots, uh, red cabbage. It's a lot more sweet and earthy in flavour uh, than the uh, original kimchi. It is sweeter though. It mm. doesn't have such a kick of chilli. There's a little bit of tingle there, but it's really yeah. quite mild, isn't it, comparatively? Yeah, it's really quite delicate, actually, and I mm. love that flavour from the beetroot. It works wonderfully well. You do really get that earthy flavour coming mm. through. That's fantastic. It's very sweet, isn't it? Mm. That's lovely. And then we've got the Persian pickles here, mm. I think. I can see some lovely dill, lots of lovely ingredients in the mix there, Rob. You say Persian pickle. Is that is that the name of the product? Yeah, it is actually. Ah. In uh, in Iran, they call it torshi. Torshi actually just translates to sour. As as you might know, in, in the Middle East, people love sour foods. So they love like uh, dried Persian limes. They love like um, uh, pomegranate molasses. Wow. So they love that sour kind of flavors. And this this just tastes like home to me. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Do you go it's back there sharp. often? Um, I actually haven't been back to Iran for quite a while. Last time I was there, I was really surprised how things have changed. The young people, they're a lot more relaxed. So when I was there, it, you had to be fully covered. Um, but I walked out the airport and I was like, oh, my God, everyone is so beautiful here. Wow. Like all the girls, all the hair was just so beautiful. They, they were wearing a tiny little headscarf. But you could see that they're trying to express themselves with um, their fashion, the way they do their makeup. 
um, I was I was quite surprised. <laughs> that, it feels good, I guess. <clears throat> um, it's quite sad what's happening at the moment, but um, it's good to. I, I think the, the this generation they're really they understand that this they can't live like that anymore. They're suppressed. They can't you know uh, live to their like potential. So mm. um, it, it is good what is happening, but also it's quite sad. Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> very difficult topic. Well, the Persian pickles are wonderful. Mm. The smell is absolutely sublime. If you love a sour pickle, you would definitely like it. Yeah, <laughs> really, really complex and delicious. Love it. It is lovely. Mm. It's like crunchy, herby, um, sour. It goes really well. Uh, I, I make like a, ve- uh, a vegan uh, bean burger mm. and that goes really well on top of it. Um, and also in like in wraps, um, you, how you would get like the Lebanese pink pickles. Yeah, you could just put that in the wrap, and it's so good. I mean, where can people buy this? I should mm. I should ask. So, you can buy it online. So mm-hmm. I have a website. It's called uh, zambaferments dot com. Just said I ferments. Have an online shop. You can order online. Mm, I do a few local markets um, all around Kent, um, so you can find me there. Um, but yeah, the best way for Anybody to get in contact, just go on my website. Go on your website. <laughs> now I can say that because I finally have a website. Brilliant. <laughs> well done. Brilliant. Um, and is there any um, anything you've got coming up in the future that you guys are really excited about? Um, just trying to get fermented food and drinks, um, educating more people about it. A lot more people have access to it. I, I would love to be stocked in more local shops. So you don't have to just, you know, go online or try to find me at a market. You can just go to your local shop that's just there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know what to say. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, I did just want to ask Charlotte, you were telling me about, um, I, we picked up this one here, beautiful gut health kefir drink, which is it's much more yogurty. I have this after the gym sometimes. What's the difference between that and water kefir? So that's a milk kefir. And that is made by fermenting milk with a water, sorry, a milk kefir culture. So they are similar insofar as they are sort of granular, gelatinous sort of granules, but they're not interchangeable. So that is a fermented milk drink and it will be quite yogurty. It thickens up and has a nice sort of tang and it's and it's delicious water kefir is simply fermented water using a different culture so they are similar but different products similar but different okay cool it was just something that you see this quite often don't you in supermarkets Mm. and things like that it was good to know Mm. i have actually uh, bought this exact brand it was just a plain oh yeah this is the original one and as much as i love uh yogurt uh, i just the idea of drinking it is quite thick I actually um, used it in my uh, sourdough. So instead of water, I just poured all of it in there. And it was the most beautiful beer, uh, beer, bread. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Uh, Bread. It just has so much flavour. I mean, you could just, I mean, drink it. But um, yeah, that's the last thing I remember about this uh, milk kefir was, uh, I I put it in bread. Brilliant. Fantastic. (laughs) Love it. Wonderful. Well, I think that's probably unbelievably. We're actually nearly out of time today. But have you got anything else you want to add in? No, but it's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. No, well, it's been brilliant. 
Um, You've been listening to the Food Talk Show, which is syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Don't forget, we're also on podcast radio. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Charlotte Pike, and to our guests, Zakina and Nathan. Uh, We'll make sure we upload a link to your website so we can come find out more about you and hopefully (laughs) get lots of sales. Um, If you want to syndicate our lovely programme for free on your radio station, just get in touch with us on hello at foodtalk.co.uk or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of past podcasts on topics from distilling tequila, cheese making, snail farming, beekeeping, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Have a great week. Goodbye. Goodbye.